Welcome back to Strategy Simplified. Today, I'm excited to bring you a conversation with Brian Fleming and Peter Lee of IGS. IGS advises private equity and management teams in commercial diligence and strategy engagements as a trusted advisor supporting investors and business leaders through transactions and growth initiatives. Brian is a managing director with over 14 years at the firm, and Peter's a VP who's been with the firm since 2018. This boutique consulting firm based in Boston is growing and hiring. Stay tuned to hear more about the firm and how to apply. I hope you enjoy the discussion. Brian and Peter, welcome to Strategy Simplified. We are so excited to have you on today. Thank you. Excited to be here. So would love to have us kick off with a little bit of an introduction about you both. Um, Brian, would you get us started? Uh, Give us a brief background. Sure. Uh, My name is Brian Fleming. I'm a managing director at IGS. Um, I joined uh, in 2008. Uh, I think I joined the day that Lehman Brothers went under. So great timing. Um, So I was a consultant um, and then after uh, some years became a vice president and now I'm a managing director. uh, I joined IGS out of business school, uh, where I went to Tuck. Uh, prior to business school, my background is more in finance. So I, I worked at an investment bank. Uh, I worked at a micro lender. Uh, I worked at a private equity firm. Um, so I had a, a decent number of years kind of in between undergrad, which was also at, at Dartmouth, um, and business school. And how big was IGS back when you joined? Oh, geez. Um, Probably slightly more than half the size that it is today. Mm-hmm. A lot of growth. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, thanks for that, Brian. Peter, what about you? Yeah. So my name is Peter Lee. Uh, I'm a vice president at IGS. Uh, I joined about 10 years after Brian in, in, in 2018. So I haven't got quite the tenure there. Uh, likewise, I joined after completing my MBA. Uh, before that, and you, you may have guessed, uh, my accent isn't a U.S. accent. I'm, I'm from Ireland originally, and I've been working in asset management in a company in Dublin. And before that, I had just completed an undergrad in accounting in Ireland also. Love it. We're, we're so glad to have you both on. Um, uh, looking forward to hearing two different perspectives on, on IGS and also how your background and pathway um, has impacted your time at the firm as well. Uh, Peter, if you could just help us understand a little bit, for those that don't know much about IGS yet, um, would love if you could share more about the type of work that you do, for whom, where. Yeah, for sure. So we are a boutique consulting firm. Uh, we have a single location in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, As it stands today, we're about 60 consulting professionals and another 30 to 40 uh, research professionals who help us with kind of a a big primary research effort that we conduct. Um, We we offer commercial diligence support to our clients alongside some strategy consulting or portfolio company work and sell side reports or or, sorry, sell side studies uh, to companies looking to, uh, you know, Get, get investment in their asset or, or, or to exit an investment on an asset. Uh, our clients are generally revolving around private equity. So it's either the, the private equity sponsor themselves or one of their portfolio companies. We also work directly with some corporate clients and, you know, our, our customer base is, you know, North America centric. Uh, a lot of their businesses just revolve around North America as well. We would do some international work, but, you know, the bulk of what we do is focused on North America. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and a follow-up question to that one. So the diligence work and then some strategy consulting work, is it the same set of consultants who get to participate in both sets of work or are people streamlined into one of those areas when they join? No, so everybody can uh, work on both types of projects and you know, as it stands now, we don't streamline people into a specific type of project. Um, so, you know, a lot of the diligence and strategy work will encompass similar types of research. And it's just looking at an opportunity or an asset through a kind of a different lens. Um, so, you know, it, it's a good opportunity for everybody in the sense you're you're not continually doing commercial diligence, which is, you know, short timelines, pretty intense and more maybe matter of fact versus you know, strategy work is more of a an exploration of an opportunity and you can kind of get a bit more creative with, with the work. So it's a, it's a good balance to be able to do both. Makes perfect sense. Absolutely. Uh, I, I can tell you in my own professional consulting journey, um, I, I I never took on a diligence project because I, I heard about those. And uh, they they can have, as you said, those, those tight timelines and uh, a lot of work that your clients are... Um, uh, expecting you to do valuable work. Um, and so, Brian, what is it about IGS that makes your clients want to hire you? What is it that that stands apart as you think about both the commercial diligence and strategy work that you do? Sure. So, I mean, I think one important aspect is our our private equity focus, right? So, you know, we understand how private equity investors think what issues are most important to them, factoring in all the different constituents involved, right? The, the deal team, the investment committee, um, other third parties such as lenders that need to see our report. Um, so we do a good job of prioritizing the issues that are most important to our client, you know, whether it's an issue germane to the upside opportunity or, or the downside risk. And so we're going deep on the most important issues um, and we're also articulating uh, a clear view or recommendation, you know, on those issues. So I think, you know, there, there might be some other reports out there that, you know, maybe go deep in areas that aren't as important to the client. Right. Um, so I think the fact that we're focused on private equity helps us kind of tailor our research and our and our output accordingly. So that's mm-hmm. that's one aspect. Um Another one would be our, our research approach. So we, we place a, a meaningful emphasis on primary research or market research. So in addition to our, our uh, full-time consulting team, we've got a team of you know 30 plus uh, market researchers that help us conduct interviews at a scale that otherwise would not be, be, be possible. Um, and you know that's important to have a, a comprehensive view of a market, a current view of a market, um, you know, you're not relying on, you know, the, the view of a couple experts that might not be rep- representative of the overall market or, or maybe their views outdated, right? Because we're, we're dealing with times where, where things are moving pretty quickly, right? Uh, what's true yesterday may not be true today or, or certainly tomorrow. Um, so many of our peer firms, you know, either don't approach the, the primary research in as comprehensive a manner um, and some of them outsource it, right? And, and so we think, especially as you deal with, with deal timelines, it's important to manage that internally. Um, you know, if you're dealing with a three or four week project, you're probably in the field doing research for two of those weeks. And as you learn more, you might want to change the questions you ask or how you ask those questions. And 
managing it internally allows us to pivot in real time and, and really not lose um, any of that focus or, or kind of valuable time along the way. Mm-hmm. So th- mm-hmm. those are things at a firm level. Um, you know, for me personally, uh, what I'll always emphasize to my clients is, uh, you know, I'm going to be honest with you and I'm going to think in your long-term interest. So if I think about some of my closest client relationships, they they started out by, you know, in the early stages, maybe advising them to walk away from an investment that wasn't a good opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um or maybe giving them a different view on the the growth of the market or that company that they leverage to kind of adjust the valuation for that transaction. So, I mean, I think that's, you know, it it really demonstrates the value that we add and and kind of solidifies that relationship, um, you know, when those dynamics are at play. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... (laughs) In terms of in terms of um, dynamics at play, in terms of external factors, uh, we're certainly operating in a unique period of history. You know, we're having this conversation in the fall of 2022, still coming out of the COVID era, now in a stagflation pre or or actually in global recession, depending on your perspective and who you talk to. And um, I'm curious, Brian, what impact that has on uh, your business and the way that you approach your client work, if any, uh, at this stage? Yeah, I mean, I think it certainly um, solidifies or strengthens the importance of that market research, right? So Mm. um, there aren't you have to, you know, with the impact of an impending recession or a potential impending recession, right, you have to look to prior recessions, um, but no two recessions are the same um, overall or for certain industries. So, you know, if you're looking at an end market that's more tied to kind of um, the housing sector, well, it probably the impact was particularly acute through the Great Recession. And so that's probably not going to be a good proxy for what's going to happen this time around. So you have to pull that, the, the, you know, that third party data. Um, but I think getting the pulse of the market currently um, is important. So it just, um, it, it, it kind of speaks to um, the importance of a range of viewpoint points, a range of kind of research sources and not being too singularly reliant on one input. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that I find, uh, it, it always surprises me a little bit when, um, you know, I, I do a lot of work with students and um, aspiring consultants. And uh, when they when they start to answer or start to ask some of these big questions about is, what's the size of a market? Is it attractive? Is it growing? Is this a place that you want to operate? Um, a lot of their immediate questions are, um, as you alluded to, Brian, this, this sense of... Uh, Who's the subject matter expert that I can go talk to? Or does that report, does that exact report and data already exist? And the sense of IGS and how you've invested in your in, in the market research aspect of things and you talking about primary research, I'm sure not only um, has to do with the the um, the the output that you can bring to your clients from those efforts, but also the the type of people that you that you want to hire and the, and the type of culture that you have at, at IGS. Um, uh, do, do you think that that's a fair assertion? Uh, kind of what does that say about your your values and your priorities as it relates to the the work and output you deliver to your clients? 
Well, I mean, it, it speaks to the fact that we want people that are intellectually curious, right? Mm. That um, enjoy the research process. Mm. Uh, so, for example, you know, someone who wrote a thesis and really enjoyed doing so oftentimes is a good fit for IGS, mm -hmm. right? Because they, they like what we do. Um, you know, they understand that it's not a simple solution of going to one spot and that's going to be the answer, right? Mm -hmm. If that were the case, you wouldn't need firms like IGS and many of our peer firms, right? It's, it's not that easy. And that's why clients need to turn to us um, in, in our peers. We'll be right back after this quick message from our sponsor. Are you ready for Turkey Day, but forgot the cranberry sauce? Grab last minute essentials with free delivery on your first Instacart order. A minimum $10 order is required and terms apply. This offer is good from now through November 24th. Click the link in the show notes to get your last minute Thanksgiving essentials today with free delivery on your first Instacart order. And, and in this type of culture and especially this type of work, um, you know, um, there, uh, I find that candidates often want to understand from those who have stayed in the space and, and climbed up the ranks uh, like you have, Brian, um, you know, over a decade at IGS, 14 plus years at the firm, you've worked way up your way up to the management team. Um, uh, you, you spoke a little bit already um, from your personal perspective, but I wonder if there's anything else you want to say about kind of what's made you stick around and uh, what's that journey like and how has IGS supported you in that as you are now a leader in the firm? Yeah, so, I mean, as far as what's made me stick around, I'll highlight a few things. Um, one is that I'm always learning. Mm. Um, you know, I think that's a, a, a common thread through through a lot of consulting Um but certainly the case here at IGS, right? So, you know, always learning about a new industry or a segment within an industry or learning about how um, a certain P investor kind of approaches deals and, and what their investment thesis is. Um, so that's one thing. Um, I also like the fact that it's a, a younger firm in terms of the average age mm -hmm. um, of the workforce. So that makes for, you know, a fun environment with a lot of energy and, and makes for a dynamic place to work. Um, and then third, you know, it's been a place where I can, you know, balance, you know, my 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 personal life, you know, with work. Right. Mm -hmm. So uh, I've got three kids um, and they're now seven, nine and 11. And I coach my son's hockey team and I coach one of my daughter's soccer teams. And I'm, I'm able to do that um, while kind of working my way up at IGS. Mm. That absolutely speaks to work-life I, I, I will add to that that Brian, Brian starts work at 5 a.m., so he, make, he makes time as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, in client services, the client still does come first, right? But but it's always a balancing act, so not at the expense of, um, of your life or your family. So absolutely. Um, no, I appreciate that. Um, um, Peter, what, what would you add to to this conversation in terms of the types of candidates that IGS is looking for and, and the type of culture that you're trying to build? Yeah, I think uh, one of the big things IGS looks for is kind of someone who comes across as and has a proven track record of hard work. You know, there's there's nothing easy about the learning curve in consulting because you effectively have kind of two two things happening when you join a firm. One, you're trying to learn their processes, and two, you're trying to learn the output of what they're producing. So that you're kind of 
it's information overload and process overload for the first, you know, three, six months. And I think kind of people who are and thrive in a kind of an environment where there's ongoing deadlines, you're continually being pushed and uh, like, and it's pushed and guided to get better and, and improve. And you kind of, you appreciate the opportunity to learn and grow so quickly. So I think people who can portray that in an interview, whether it's through examples or prior work they've done or, or studies they've done in university, for example, Brian referenced a thesis. And I, I specifically remember when I was being interviewed, um, I talked to um, one of the, the senior managers in the company about kind of a 22,000 word study I had written. And, you know, that kind of engaged them straight away and they, they could see, okay, like this person clearly got into the weeds and, and, and enjoyed that process. So I think it's, you know, people who thrive in an environment that allows you to work hard and grow at a, at an accelerated pace. Um, and then I think for, for IGS specifically, you know, the fit interview, like you'll do a lot of fit interviews with IGS and it's, it's something that's very important because you're continually on the phone or in team meetings talking to each other and you need people who you get on with and enjoy working with. And, you know, whether that's, um, solely focused on work or, or grabbing a beer on a Friday, it's kind of people who are nice to be around and, and bring a good atmosphere and energy to, to the firm are, are very important, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, quick learners, uh, a thirst for knowledge, intellectually curious, um, attention to detail, proclivity to research. Your space, working for private equity clients, I find um, many candidates may have uh, a mental hurdle because it's it's an area of business that seems to have a lot of its own vernacular, a lot of buzzwords, a <laughs> lot of, you know, we t- commercial diligence and deal teams and um, uh, just, just so much to kind of wrap your head around. Um, do candidates need to 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 have exposure and experience into the space or with these core fundamentals of the intellectual curiosity and proclivity to research? Um, do you grow them into knowledge and uh, depth of expertise to serve your private equity clients? It's definitely the latter. You know, a lot of our hires come from liberal arts backgrounds. They may have done, um, you know, some modules or courses in economics or maths, for example. But, you know, it's candidates who have the ability and the willingness to kind of learn and uh, explore a new topic and become a, a subject matter expert in that, they, they, they will thrive and, and grow very quickly. Like there's, in my eyes, no prerequisite to becoming a good consultant. It's, it's all about what you do when you, when you join uh, the firm, and I think. And I think, you know, people will, they pick up quickly that a lot of the thing private equity investors focus on are, are logical, right? So they like businesses where demand is recurring in nature, right? Well, that makes sense. Um, mm. They like businesses where relationships are sticky, right? And, and there's not a lot of switching activity or it's hard to switch. Well, well, that makes sense. So like, I think that allows people, regardless of their background, to kind of pick up um, whether it's the vernacular or, you know, kind of the, the things that are most important to our clients. Mm. They, they can pick those up quickly because they're not, they're not esoteric, right? They're, they're things that are logical. And, um, you know, it's, it's a matter of people not being, you know, intimidated and being comfortable, right? Mm-hmm. That they're smart people and, you know, they can get up to speed and, and understand these concepts pretty quickly. Mm. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, 
Peter, I, I know something that candidates are also often asking us about is the the advancement pathway and the the compensation that would be associated with uh, with this work in general. Um, people flocked to consulting, or at least the idea of it, thinking about accelerated career pathways and attractive compensation packages. And so, hoping you could just speak to us a little bit about how IGS considers that fixed versus variable comp, and uh, you know the the kind of promotion pathway. Yeah, so I can probably deal with that in, in kind of two steps. Um, one to kind of just talk about the team structure initially. Um, you know, there's there's multiple layers on any given team from our research professionals who kind of do that primary research effort. And then you have associate, senior associate consultant, which is either internally promoted or the MBA hire kind of comes in at the consultant level. Then there's a senior consultant and a, a vice president. And then you're kind of moving to the principal and partner uh, position after that. You know, I think as a general rule of thumb, the industry would say kind of two years at each level is somewhere 18 months to two years is kind of what people spend in a position. I think given IGS's, you know, size and, and flexibility, we really do look at the individual and kind of ask the question, are they ready? And it's not a, a conversation around, oh, they've been here 18 months or two years, we should promote them. It's you know, they've been here 12 months, but they've kind of blown expectations out of the water. So maybe we should give them an opportunity to to move up. So I think kind of you can take it as a rule of thumb, 18 months to two years could be a nice target to have. But, you know, IGS's promotion cycle is is more informal and driven by the individual as opposed to you have to wait until June of every year to get promoted, for example. Mm. Um I think then to address the the comp structure question, uh, you know, we try to offer a competitive base, and we'll we'll continually be, continually be monitoring our peers to kind of see how they're moving. And you know, we're not going to be dollar for dollar the same, just depending on kind of when increases came uh, at a given company. But we're typically keeping an active pulse on where the base salary sits, and I think. Where IGS differentiates is on our, our variable compensation structure. So that that's effectively an annual bonus that is driven by two factors. One, the performance of the company, and, and two, the performance of the individual. So, you know, a lot of people like to hear that as an individual, if I work harder, I can and will be rewarded accordingly. Um, so I think there's uh there's a good incentive there. Typically, the way we look at the variable structure is, you know, kind of think of the target as being around kind of 25% if if the company more broadly uh, hits their goals. But, you know, another differentiator that's unique in IGS, we don't actually cap the bonus. So that can that can move according to the performance in a given year. And, you know, it's ran as high as 50%, but on the other side, it can obviously run lower than 20 than 25%. But it's it's a good opportunity and incentive for people because when you're in the midst of a busy year and it's kind of project after project after project, there's kind of some solace or incentive in knowing, okay, well, at least I know the company is doing well. And, you know, when it comes to the end of the year and that conversation, we will, we'll, we'll be rewarded uh, based on kind of our performance and the level of engagement we maintain throughout the course of the year. Mm-hmm. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. That, that sense of 
as I continue to lean in, I, I want to ha- get get uh, recognized for that. I want to be uh, compensated for that. And I don't have to wait for a prescribed time frame or semi-annual review that you're, you know, you're able to be fluid uh, and, and treat everyone as an individual. Um, and that's one of the benefits of working for, um, you know, a, a smaller firm, right? Um, uh, uh, Brian, I know one of the benefits possibly of also working at a, a smaller firm um, is is access to leadership and management. Um, do, do you see that in play? Do you have um, yeah, mentorship relationships and working relationships with uh, younger and junior colleagues at IGS? Yeah. So, I mean, people get access to senior management from day one mm. um, and they also get um, access to clients from day one. I mean, that doesn't mean that they're managing client relationships, but they get that client access from day one. Um, and then, you know, as far as um, additional interaction with senior management outside the, you know, the projects themselves, um, there are, you know, a handful or so of mentor groups, right, that are organized around kind of the the managing directors and, and the principals are kind of the head of each of the mentor groups. And, you know, it's populated by vice presidents and consultants and associates. So that's in, mm-hmm. you know, we go out to lunch together or we'll do a workout class together or, you know, it's a range of, of things. I think mm-hmm. one group did an axe throwing event before. <laughs> so Peter might have been on, on that one. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it is. It, it, it's, it's a very good opportunity, kind of the informal nature of these mentor trees make it easy for people to actually, you know, engage and get comfortable, you know, chatting about, you know, whether it's how do I approach this or how do I kind of move up the ranks or I feel like my progress is slowing and there's there's an outlet there for you to get some advice and guidance from people who've kind of sat in your position and, and known what it, know what know what it's like. And, and we're also giving people performance feedback throughout the year. So there's, you know, both in addition to case specific feedback that people get from their teams on that that project. Um, I'd say people get informal check-ins with uh, with an MD or a principal, what, Peter, probably three times a year, would you say, on average? Yeah, something I'd like say that. roughly, roughly that. And it's, it's weighted more heavily when you're newer, you get them more frequently, which is, you know, the more real-time the feedback is in your first six, nine months, I think the, the more beneficial it is for you. Versus giving giving Brian feedback after fourteen years, he's not going to improve an awful lot. I don't think. <laughs> you can teach. Not true. You, yeah, not yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. All, continuous improvement, feedback loop. I'm sure. Uh, I, I I was going to say you can keep, teach an old dog new tricks, but Brian, I also didn't want to uh, kind of insult you on your <laughs> no, age. Okay. You're not that old either. Um, <laughs> and there's upward feedback too. Good in any in any team system. Absolutely. Um, we, we've heard a little bit, Brian, about the, the different levels, and Peter talked us through the, the team structure. Um, uh, at what point, uh, on average, does somebody start to lead a project or own a client relationship? On average, that happens more consistently at the VP level. Would you agree, Peter? Yeah, I think formally um, it's the VP level anyway. Yeah, so... Um, but there are opportunities at the consultant level. So, I mean, I think, you know, when I was a consultant, you know, I was able to leverage some relationships from, from school, what, you know, whether I think one was business school, one might've been undergrad, um, and was able to, to sell a couple projects as a consultant. Now I didn't sell those autonomously. I looped in some from the management team at that time and they supported me and provided guidance as I needed it. Um, but 
strong consultants are given the opportunity fairly quickly to lead readouts, right? So for me, there, there's nothing better than a consultant who becomes the subject matter expert and, you know, wants to be the go-to person on the readout with a client because that, you know, gives me the bandwidth to take on more, whether that's, you know, um, trying to do more business with existing clients, trying to develop new clients, thinking about how we can continue to expand the business. So, um, you know, we welcome that opportunity for people who are go-getters like that and, um, you know, are strong performers. So, like, it really isn't defined. You know, it Mm -hmm. just kind of happens organically, right? You demonstrate your ability and then you start to do that more and more. And um, as far as, you know, doing more of the... um, client cultivation and management that's not required to become a vice president but that starts to right it becomes more of the job as your vice president mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and brian as you go out there and continue to expand the business and sell new work uh it sounds like that's going pretty well because you guys at igs are hiring uh even in in this tight market and so do you have any advice for candidates considering a career in general in consulting or considering IGS specifically? I mean, we're, we're definitely hiring. Um, and we actually, uh, we closed a couple of weeks ago on a, a growth investment from a private equity investor in our own firm. So I think that's going to accelerate our efforts as far as growth and diversification of the business. So mm-hmm. um, we're already hiring aggressively and that's going to ramp up even more. Um, you know, as far as advice for people, like I wouldn't think about, your overall career yet. I think, you know, consulting is great whether you're um, coming out of undergrad or a couple of years out of undergrad, coming out of business school or a couple of years out of business school. And an IGS is particularly great because you're going to learn, uh, you'll get exposure to a bunch of different types of private equity investors, right? Some growth equity investors, some buyout investors, um, you know, uh, maybe we'll see some more from turnaround specialists, you know, over the next year or two, mm-hmm. two right? So you get exposure to a bunch of different investor uh, types. Um, then you get exposure to the management teams as well. Um, and you get all this across a range of industries. So you'll learn what you like. And just importantly, you know, you'll learn things you don't like. And that's going to inform what your long-term career decision is. And it might be to stay in consulting. It might be to stay at IGS. Would love that, right? Um, but if it means you want to go... Um, you know, work in portfolio support at a private equity firm. Great. IGS is a great place to start, you know, to take that next step. Um, if you want to be, you know, in a, a corporate development role, you know, at a, you know, at uh, an operating company. Great. It's, it's a great way to start that. So it really does afford you the opportunity to take any number of steps from here. We'll be right back after this quick message. Work with our team of ex-consultants to get ready for your case interviews, networking conversations, fit interviews, salary negotiations, and more. There's nothing like targeted feedback from an expert who's been in your shoes and has aced the consulting recruiting process. We've helped over 12,000 candidates pass the case interview at premier consulting firms like McKinsey, Bain & BCG, as well as firms like Google, Amazon, and Capital One. Book an hour or more of one-on-one coaching time today by following the link in this episode's show notes. All right, let's get back to the show. Peter, what would you add to this? What, what do you think makes IGS stand out? Why, why should a candidate consider to come work with you guys? Yeah, I think from, from my perspective, 
the the big drivers behind kind of my job satisfaction in IGS. Uh, the f- the first one would definitely be the opportunity to kind of grow at my own pace. And you know, I, I we've kind of touched on this already, but I think I was probably at the firm six seven months, and I kind of started taking more of the lead around you know being the go to for the client, and you know they could see that. It was if if you had if they had a question they would they would send their message to me and obviously you know CC the, the likes of Brian or or the senior management but you know there was no limitation on kind of what I could take on it was more like once the senior people could see okay like we can trust him he's doing a good job we can kind of let him manage the day to day as well as lead the readout so I think kind of as I looked to grow and and get better as quickly as I could there was there was no roadblocks or no bureaucracy in my way so I think that was a a big differentiator in my experience with IGS. Um, I suppose I think as I've grown more and kind of, you know, moved up from the consultant, senior consultant to, to vice president level. Um, when I look at my peers, I kind of see the opportunity set in front of me is a lot different to my, my, my peers in consulting who are, you know, kind of at the same point in their career, but they could be two, three, four years from actually being able to own a client relationship where, you know, with IGS, once you step into that VP position, you know, it's kind of the the world is your oyster. You can go and try and win your own clients. You can um, make it, take on your own kind of business development initiatives. And I think, you know, that opportunity, there's a great sense of fulfillment around when you have a client or, or you win a client that kind of comes back to you for that second project because you know then, you know, you've kind of, you've made the engagement, you've connected with that client, but then they they saw value in what you produce. So I think, you know, that's, that's definitely a very unique aspect of IGS. Um, you know, four or five years out from your, your business school, um, your, 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 your business school or your MBA, you're, you're already kind of working on a book of business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And uh, another thing that stood out to me, certainly from your careers page, it was, is very clear. If you want to live in Boston, if you want to work in Boston, come work with us at IGS, right? That a, a no travel model, it sounds like. Brian, is that is that true across the board? And I know we'll get questions. Is IGS thinking about expanding outside of Boston? Um, but uh, it, that seems like a, a clear uh, way it stands out as well. Yeah, no. So there's limited travel. Like we don't need to travel to do our work. Um, the, the travel that I've done historically is tied to business development, right? So, mm. you know, meeting, you know, trying to develop new client relationships. You know, I think as part of this recent investment um, that, that we closed on, um, we're going to think more meaningfully about other offices. Now, whether it's an office that looks exactly what we have in Boston or whether it's kind of a, a smaller satellite office, you know, that's TBD. Um, but I think it's definitely something, you know, we recognize um, the value of it in multiple ways, right? Recruiting, retention, um, and business development. Um, so it's something that we're exploring meaningfully. Um, so no hard commitments or specifics yet, but, uh, you know, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if, if um, you know, we've got more people in, in, in various locations over time. And we already have some people, like we, we've got... Um, a consultant who's down in, in New York and, you know, Peter's kind of been <clears throat> back and forth between um, Ireland and, and, and here in Boston um, and elsewhere in the U.S., um, you know, through COVID. So th- th- there's flexibility already, um, mm. but I think I think we're going to expand on that over time. 
It's an exciting growth stage to be in. Absolutely. Um, Peter, I am sure that this conversation has piqued a lot of people's interest to want to learn more about the work that you do, the available roles and how to apply. What would you recommend that they do in that process? Yeah, I think there's a, a couple of things that we always like to see ca- candidates doing uh, when they're when they're thinking about applying. I think the, the first good resource is to go to our website and you'll kind of get a sense for the work we do, the the deals and the industries we we spend a lot of time in. Um, but I think it's kind of looking at that and understanding it. But then another great one, and you know, most of the firm will be more than willing, kind of re- reach out to someone, connect with them on LinkedIn, shoot them an email, just to kind of find out about the industry, find out about what we do specifically, because. You know, I think I think it's very important for us in an interview to see a candidate that actually understands the the requirements and the the demands of a career in consulting. And you know, it's not to say we're working every weekend. I think IGS does a very good job of kind of protecting weekends, but it can be pretty demanding Monday to Thursday, Monday to Friday. So kind of learning as much as you can through informal conversations by, you know, as I say, connecting with someone on LinkedIn, shooting them an email, asking do they have time for kind of a Teams or a coffee or whatever it is if you're if you're actually based in Boston. Um, and, you know, kind of once you have a sense for IGS and, and what we do, and if you think it's a good fit, I think, you know, you can learn the specifics of the job on the website and then, you know, reach out directly to um, Katie or Jane or, or the recruiting at IGS um, Boston email and kind of, coordinate a chance for to have a chat, a more formal chat or somewhere to submit your resume. Um, so I think the, the website is a great place to start and kind of build from there. Great. Um, I know that we've talked uh, in a few different ways about um, the firm culture that you've cultivated. Um, Brian, as we start to, to wrap up the conversation, uh, are, are there key qualities that you feel like uh, embody the, the IGS spirit and, and, and key skills, capabilities or qualities that you're looking for in your next cohort of consultants? Sure. Um, we talked earlier about, you know, people who are intellectually curious, mm-hmm. right? So that's, um, you know, that's not unique to IGS, but it's certainly um, important here, um, being a good team player, right? So I think we've got um, people who are smart and driven, um, but are marked by humility as well. So you, you've got to work well um, with, with others. Um, I think a third thing in, is kind of the ability to deal with uncertainty. So if you think about transaction work, right? So, um, you know, the buy side work has got the shortest duration of three to four weeks. So it might be an industry or a segment of an industry that you didn't know a whole lot about beforehand. And you're going to learn a ton in those three to four weeks, um, but you're not going to learn everything, right? Mm -hmm. So, but you're still going to need to pull up at the end um, and make a recommendation to the client, you know, give your opinion and and kind of develop an internally um, consistent and and coherent story for the client. Um, And the client's, recognize that, right? They recognize their limitations to what you can, you know, get done over the course of three to four weeks. But even with that, like some people have a hard time with that uncertainty. Well, if I, if I just have a little bit more, like, and uh, whereas others are able to do it, they're able to pull up and say, I've got these facts, I've got these opinions, I'm confident, I've got these things I'm less certain in, given the totality of that, we're going to make this recommendation and back it up in this manner. So I think 
you know, people intrinsically know that about themselves, you know, whether that's something they're comfortable with or not. Um, so I think that's something specific that, you know, people who have that quality tend to do, do well here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brian, is there anything else about the, the firm or um, your initiatives right now that, that you want to make sure to add into this conversation? Um, I mean, I think another, uh, you know, Peter alluded to, or you asked Peter earlier about, are people able to work on different types of projects? Um, and I think as we, as we grow the business, we're also going to further diversify the business. So, uh, you know, I think if you were to look at IGS in, um, three years, the, the, the buy side diligence work we do will be, you know, you know, larger or, you know, than the buy side work we do today, but it will be a smaller piece of the overall pie. So I think there's going to be more um, varied types of work that we do over time, which I think makes for um, a more, um, you know, compelling um, and enriching experience for people. It's going to draw upon different skill sets. Um, and, you know, I think you know, it is a nice compliment if you've done a couple of buy side diligences in a row that, you know, okay, well, maybe I'm, I'm working on this data analytics project now or this portfolio strategic support project. So I think those sorts of opportunities are going to become more prevalent over time. Sounds like an exciting time to join mm-hmm. on to what you guys are doing at, at IGS. Uh, Peter, any, any other kind of firm comments here you wanted to add on? Yeah, I think uh, it, it kind of echoes what, what you mentioned there. But, uh, you know, coming out of business school for somebody who's interested in taking a you know tangible role in the growth of a company, like IGS is positioned perfectly to kind of meet that opportunity. Like we have a new investor who really wants to grow the company. You know, we're currently at 60 odd professionals. So we're kind of hitting an inflection point between a smaller business and, you know, trying to push towards that larger, uh, more broad, diversified organization. So I think it's a, it's a very exciting time for anybody coming out that wants to be able to kind of run their own course um, over the, the next three, four years or whatever it is of their career and, and hopefully longer. Um, IGS provides a, a great opportunity for that based on where we are at the minute. Absolutely. Um well, we have a little bit of a tradition here at Strategy Simplified. We like to round out the conversation with just getting to know you a little bit better on a personal level. Uh, so, Peter, if I could put you on the spot first um, uh, to, to share with us uh, a unique food that you have eaten or tried that's memorable. Um, I would probably say the most unique food I've eaten would be Suri Grubbs. Uh, which are a, a grub found in the Amazon. Okay. Um, t- to describe them, they're, they're kind of like a slug with a hard exterior and they a hard leathery exterior. And you know, when the locals bring them out to you on a plate, they they recommend you eat them live. So you kind of just have to pick them up and and go for it. So I think unique, interesting dining experience is what I would put that under. Uh, uh, unique, interesting. I can think of a couple other words that I'd probably use to describe that as well. But experience, I think more than anything else, you do, yeah, you do that for the experience, experience. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and to be able to tell us that story at this moment in time. Um, yeah. 
Uh, a different one for you, Brian. Um, what's uh, who's one person from history that you would love to get dinner with, and why? Um, it's not a unique answer, uh, but probably Abraham Lincoln, just to to learn, you know, uh, about leadership. You know, mm. especially leadership through, um, you know, challenging and divided times. So. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I'm sure many, many others would come up with the same answer, but he's the one that, that comes to mind. Absolutely. That, that, that strikes a chord at this moment in political history. Absolutely. Um, same question back over to you, Peter. Do you have one you could identify? Yeah, um, I would probably, I go with an Irish political leader, um, a guy by the name of Michael Collins. Mm-hmm. Uh, might not have as much n- name recognition as Abraham <laughs> Lincoln, but... He was uh, an Irish politician uh, who was heavily involved in kind of our struggle for independence in the early 20th century. Mm. Uh, I personally am very interested in kind of Irish history mm. and, you know, getting his firsthand account of what happened between the initial uprising of 1916 to when we ultimately gained independence in 1922. You know, he was very heavily involved in that entire process, whether it was military actions or or the negotiation side. And you know, ultimately, he that signed the Declaration of Independence for us, um, but was assassinated as a result of it because that's when they they found out his identity. So, and, and he knew that would be the situation. But I think it would be a, an interesting conversation to hear his his thoughts on it. Oh, absolutely, and and o- only a handful of generations ago um, yeah. for all that to have occurred. So yeah. um, crazy. A hundred a hundred years this year, actually. So. Hmm. In some ways, we've come a long way. In some ways, it doesn't feel like we've come very far. But, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, well, uh, th- this last one, Peter, I'll go ahead and start with you. Um, what's a what's an impactful piece of advice that you've received from a mentor in your career? Um, I think, I'm not sure, is this in my career or in my personal life? But, oh, either one. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think, I think a, a mentor I would have as kind of would describe achieving any kind of overarching goal you have as setting a bunch of attainable goals in the meantime. And they, you know, kind of doing that allows you to keep yourself motivated, keep yourself on track and kind of reward yourself as you, as you go. Um, because a lot of times if you do target the overarching goal as the, the first stopping point, you know, you can kind of get lost, lose motivation. You lack direction along the way. You don't give yourself a chance to check in. So I think, you know, that, that objective of setting attainable goals along a route is, is very important. And I can imagine in commercial diligence work how that type of, you know, um, uh, structured sequencing, rhythm and cadence as you set those interim yeah. deliverables, how that can apply in your current life as well. So, yeah, for sure. Makes a ton of sense. Um, Brian would love to have you close us out with the same question, uh, a piece of impactful advice that you've received from a mentor. Um, I think it's just about the importance of asking questions, right? So when you're earlier in your career, um, you can be, you know, nervous about asking questions. Well, I should know how to do this. Well, the the best Mm -hmm. way if you don't is to raise your hand and and ask how to do it. Um, Or if, um, you know, you disagree with the view of a more, you know, senior member of the team, don't assume just because that person's more senior or has more experience that, that they're right. Right. Mm. You might be closer to the data and um, you may be right. Right. So I think it's like, don't be afraid to ask questions and speak up. Um, I think the questions aspect is also portable to when you're you're interviewing. So I remember when I was interviewing, 
people would tell me, like, make sure you have questions at the end. And I oftentimes would dismiss that, right? And I'd, I wouldn't spend any time thinking about it. And I'd throw one or two things in, like, now that I'm on the other side of the table, that is really important, right? That shows that you've done your homework, you're interested in the job, you, you know, you've learned, a, you know, a good amount about IGS, and that's led you to, to want to learn more. So I think, um, you know, that having that mentality, um, I think is consistent with the intellectual curiosity that we talked about earlier, how that, you know, how that's important. Absolutely. Brian, Peter, it's it's been a pleasure to get to know you today. I'm excited for your growth and achievements at IGS. I look forward to following along and watching as you continue to grow. Thanks for being with us today. Great. Thank you, Stephanie. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to check out the link in the show notes to learn more about IGS and how to apply for their open positions. And consider working with us here at Management Consulted in your preparation process before you apply. We'll see you next time.